Welcome to Gen Z Hoops, the Gen Z basketball coaching and sports business show. On this podcast, you'll learn from professional players, coaches, and executives from all over the world and see the court in a brand new way. And now, joining you courtside, your Gen Z host, John Hartafillis. Hi, Coach Char, what's going on? Oh, not much. How are you, John? Doing great. I'm really excited to have you on. It's funny, we've been connected on LinkedIn, and I would always see, number one, thank you so much for supporting the show and liking our, our content. But we had so many mutuals. I was like, wow, this is, this is so cool. We have so much in common in the industry. I'm really so excited to have you on. Oh, thank you. I, I'm excited to be on as well. And uh, thanks for reaching out to me and asking me to come on. I'm a huge basketball junkie just like you and just love to talk hoops. Of course, that's, that's what it's all about, and it's it's what brings us all together. I'm kind of curious when we talk about this passion for basketball. For you, where did it where did it kind of start? When maybe when you're younger, just out of college, and kind of going to a coaching journey. What did the what did the start of it all look like? As a young kid, I played a lot of sports, and uh, I was kind of a late bloomer to basketball. But once I started playing basketball, I fell in love. Like it was uh, the sport where I don't I don't always tell kids to specialize in a sport. But once I fell in love with basketball, I just got rid of all the other sports I played and uh, just focused just on basketball. You know, it's just one of those things I love playing. I played all the way up till I was in my 30s and I had back surgery and it kind of took a different turn to where I don't play as much. But at the young age of 20, I was a student assistant at a junior college. I uh, worked under a Hall of Fame coach that he used to be Western Michigan's coach way back in the day. Um, he actually even coached against Michigan's or against uh, Magic Johnson when he played at Michigan State. So I kind of went down that road, helped him out, and then I got into coaching. I coached all over the area. And then along the way, I actually started a semi-pro basketball team called the Grand Rapids Flight and the Holland Blast. Had success there. And then just, you know, I did that. I went the pro route. I worked for Synergy Sports Technology, breaking down, you know, college, international, and pro games. And then I just I just missed coaching so badly because uh, when I was young, I would work camps like 11 a summer. I coached girls and boys because they're during different seasons and AU. So I was just really involved in coaching and then taking those six years off when I was just doing the, the pro thing where I was just the guy finding talent and putting teams together. And I just really missed it. So I went back into coaching. And then this time I just – really dove uh, really deep into the game, just studied it. Um, right now I'm involved. I do all the playbooks for championship productions videos. I have five videos out right now. Um, anything from something different, like the elevation offense, the cherry picking system, different different ways to look at the game, like UCLP, uh, misdirection, pin down offense. And it's just one of those things where I just, I fell in love with it. Recently, I became an ambassador for V-Reps. It turns your plays into 3D plays. Just run a business where I've been creating playbooks. I think over the last two years, we've created over 300 playbooks. So it's just something, you know, I enjoy doing and do it on my off time. And then my full-time gig is I'm an athletic director at West Michigan Aviation Academy and the boys varsity basketball coach here, which is extremely fun. We have a good group of kids this year. We're uh, 11 and four and hoping to make a run in the, the districts. But one of our opponents in the second round could be Kobe Bufkin that plays at Jared Christian. He signed to go to University of Michigan. He's a four star. So it should be, uh, should be a big challenge for our group of kids. 
It's so much fun. I, I can't really wait to dive deep into all the coaching stuff we're doing now, whether it's, of course, with, with the playbooks, um, with, with your team currently, um, and, 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 and your quest for, for, for that championship. But I'm really curious about when you brought it up uh, briefly, um, right in the middle of all that, was you being a 20-year-old uh, coach, both doing boys, girls, AAU, kind of just everything. Can you kind of walk us through that and maybe what, why did you do all of that? Because I, I'm at the same age now, and I'm, I'm also, whether it's coaching, that's podcast, doing all these different things, and so are many of our, our listeners. What, what was it that made you want to do that and kind of go into uh, basketball at that time? And in terms of what the end goal was, like what, what, what kind of drove you to do that? And then while doing that, like kind of how did you go about doing so many different teams at the same time? Well, at that age, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be a player anymore. And, you know, I just wasn't at that level, the college level. So I thought, you know what, I love the game. I really want to coach. I want to move up. And I just, you know, I, I got plugged in with Coach Schultz over at Kalamazoo Valley Community College, and I'd work all his camps and help him out. And then, you know, from there, we did a, um, I started working other camps. So I started working, I reached out to Bob Hurley, you know, at, uh, in New York, worked his Reebok camp, worked on McCracken camps, married, worked a five-star camp. And it was just one of those things where I just wanted to network and, and I thought I wanted to go in the direction of coaching college. And I thought, you know, it'd be a good way to get out there. And then, you know, just girls were in the fall at that time. Now, now in Michigan, it's during the same time, girls and boys. So you couldn't do that. But at the time back when I was younger, you could. So, you know, it's actually, I coached at two different schools. So <laughs> I'd coach one team, the girls, and, you know, do all their off-season stuff. At the same time, I was coaching the boys in the winter, and then I'd turn around and just make it work, you know, for the summer where you can make sure that you're not overlapping and, and did the summer stuff. And then, you know, I was there's a local AU team in the area, and I coached them as well and, and just made it work. I didn't have kids at the time. I was young, and I just wanted to surround myself around as much basketball as I could and just really learn the game. And, I was blessed to have really good uh, mentors uh, around me at that time as well. It's so important thinking about the mentors that you had that allowed you to, to, to coach all those levels and, and do all that thing and kind of embrace that coaching grind head on. I'm curious, as you kind of got a little older and you, we, we touched on a little bit about your, your maybe your basketball operations roles and when you were the director of uh, operations for the Holland Blast, Grand Rapids Flight, what did that, because of course we'll talk about all your coaching, but what, what made that so different and what made you enjoy the ops side a little bit um, when and doing it with those clubs? Sure. Well, you know, I always told everyone my, my ultimate dream would be, you know, to be an NBA scout or, you know, or, or something at that level where you're just diagramming plays. And at the time, you know, it's just, it fell into my lap to start this franchise and uh, I had other business partners and they ended up becoming the majority owners just because I didn't, I didn't have a deep pocket to run a team. And then I ended up just kind of myself in position to be that director of basketball operations and it was just something new at the time and I thought it would be a lot of fun and, and hopefully move my way up and what it ended up doing is it really helped you network with agents and college basketball coaches because you're always looking for the next uh, talent for your team and it's you know it's not like the typical high level pros where there's a draft and you can build your team through the draft this is all like basically it's almost like a college job where you're recruiting talent from local colleges, guys that wanted to really sell themselves to get overseas and uh, just dove deep into that. We ended up our second year, we bought the second franchise. We went from the Grand Rapids flight. That was the highest scoring team in sports. We were scoring 146 points a game. And then we ended up buying a second franchise, the Holland Blast. And that first year that we had both, we got out of the 29 teams, teams all over the, the West and East Coast. And we got both of our teams into the final four 
both teams were about five points off of playing each other for the championship. So that would have been exciting. Uh, I was blessed to get the executive of the year award in the IBL uh, and it was fun. And then the next year it was just too hard financially to run two teams in the flight. We brought on Sun Ming Ming. He was the tallest player to play seven foot nine. And by adding him, we were able to uh, position ourselves to sell the franchise and get out of some of the debt that we accrued. And then we just focus on one franchise on Holland Blast. So it was a lot of fun. And that's when I got into making a sports management worldwide class. And then I got to where I could work for Synergy Sports Technology. And I did that on the side where I was just uh, one of their loggers. I'm curious because when you mentioned synergy sports, it's kind of a buzzword in the NBA when they talk about, oh, you have to you have to learn synergy. And I know I know that platform. Same thing with it's it's and it's very similar to maybe the other things that you that you've been doing with with all the diagramming plays and stuff. Can you talk a little about that that synergy role that you played and and because it's it's a program that everyone talks about in the league, but really it's funny how everyone talks about it, but normally knows on the outside what it really how, how important it is. Oh sure, every every NBA team has synergy, and basically what it is is. You can get a player can get on his plane for a flight uh, to the next game and he can already watch film on who he's guarding and coaches can start game planning because it's a lot. They do the NBA stuff live and it's I mean, to be how advanced it is. I mean, let's use an example. Harrison Barnes, you can click on him and it'll show every shot he took coming off of pick and roll or you can, you know, every three he took. So you got to do the NBA games live then the college and international aren't live because, you know, that's just draft preparation players that they're looking at but basically a phase one logger would be the guy that's clicking in time in and time out so you were basically you know taking all the dead time away and then logging the free throws and then basically the game clips were ready for that phase two logger to go in and you know chart everything I mean they they chart so many metrics I mean I think at the time it's around 150 something like that yeah. And the other thing to plug too is a business that I own is E3 Analytics. And I work with Mario Clancy from the Dallas Mavericks and he's uh, on their basketball analytics team. And basically we are trying to come up with 400 or we have over 400 metrics that we track. We want to be an analytics team for high schools that can't afford a you know full analytics team or even small colleges. And I mean, we track, I mean, we're just trying to be unique and tracking different ways to, to help team get the advantage to, uh, you know, because everyone has HODL or everyone has some kind of, you know, source to get video and, and stats, and we want to be the advantage. So basically, we're coming up with uh, like an example I use is checkpoints. So we always talk about playing fast, and it's that first three seconds, you know, how, how you're transitioning from defense to offense. So we measure, you know, can the five beat his five down when he's a rim runner? And we, when you see who wins those checkpoints, or can your twos and threes get out to the deep corner? Can they beat their guy down? Can they lift correctly? You know, and it's just little things that you can chart to help yourself, like points per possession on ball reversal. You know, we what's big for us is 6-0 runs because we felt if you get four of them in a game, you win like 92% of your game. So that's huge. So we'll do 6-0 runs and, and therefore it can play into your team because if your bench is going, you know, we're on a 4-0 run, you're screaming at your team, this possession's important, even though it's in the middle of the third quarter, your team will just uh, step up and play that much harder. It's huge in thinking about how you could track that sort of thing, because especially, like, for example, our, our varsity coach, Coach McGrain, will always talk about things like a 6-0 run or like rim running and, and, and beating your guy down the court, but there's never really been stats for that, especially at the high school level. So it's really cool thinking about how you guys do that. And I'm thinking that to go from 150 to 400, those are the kind of metrics that you guys are using, the thing, things like checkpoints, things like that. That's is, is is there anything else maybe that 
um, really makes E3 Hoops Analytics really stand out? Um, the thing is, is we'll work. So like every Sunday, um, you know, our game plan is, I mean, we haven't launched officially yet. We're still working on the back end of our platform, but once we have that done, we'll be ready to go. But yeah, I mean, just, we're just trying to talk to the coaches too and see what helps them win. I mean, our biggest thing for me is custom uh, playbook customization to where, you know, you, you know, every play, so you can chart what's working, what's not different lineups in the game of sets that are working. Cause you, you know, you don't know until your team runs it, it might look good on paper, but you want to know if it's working and what to scrap. And, you know, if you have different lineups in the game, what's been working with that lineup and same thing with defense. Like if you're a trapping team and we are, so we're a half court, uh, one, two, two defense. So I want to know what's working with what lineup is our one, two, two work and what lineup is our best for man to man defense or what's our best full court trap, you know, and, and therefore, you know, if you're using these metrics and, and you're really diving into your team and studying your team, you're going to know what gives you the best chance to, to win games so cool thing about all of that um i, I kind of wanted to transition over to some of the stuff you're doing with playbooks because the analytics stuff is great but the, the way that you kind of can those analytics come through um executing plays properly and, and making sure that that everything's organized so i'm curious with, with championship productions is that is that the main um thing you use for, for all these playbook things are there other um things that you've kind of aligned yourself with when I first started off, I had a video as elevation offense and it was through championship productions that kind of gave me my start. And then I got reached out by coach tube, Layson Perkins asked me to come on coach tube and start creating content and selling it. So I just started creating playbooks on offenses and defense that I liked and sold it. And then my thing is I want to be different. You know, I just, I feel like everyone kind of runs the same stuff and I wanted to kind of dive into things that are a little bit different that could work. So then I, you know, when Coach Tube reached out to me, I thought it'd be perfect to start, you know, getting out different things. We created uh, the UCLAP offense, the elevation offense, a scissors offense, you know, and we we're just trying to put things together that were a little different that had continuity. And now that was kind of my niche is, is creating new stuff or, or hybrid and, you know, offenses together. And, you know, then I'd reach out to coaches, too, that run a little bit different, like Alicia Komaki. She's the coach at Sierra Canyon for the girls where LeBron plays. She's won four state titles in five years, and she runs a, a fully Iverson offense. So I thought it was unique. So we did a playbook with her. And that was kind of my thing is just finding, you know, a different way to play the game, but to be successful. And so we dove into that. And then we also created playbooks of some of the best actions in college basketball. Like we have a ultimate Iverson playbook, or we also have one that's all on diamond sets. And, and, you know, and it was fun doing that and kind of built a little bit of a name for myself and, and we started getting more and more coaches buying the playbooks. Some of them are bad at first, but we keep getting better and better. And then we created a nice format. That's a little different that coaches are really starting to like. It's easy to follow, easy to use. And then championship productions, who I had a one video with reached out and they said, would you like to do playbooks for all of our videos so we can sell playbooks as well? And now we're up to over 120 and counting uh, some very good stuff. So it's some of their best videos. And, and now you have the chance to, to buy the video and watch and look at the playbooks. So you kind of see, or you can just buy one of one or the other that's kind of taken off. So it's, it's a lot of fun and, and we're doing all their playbooks for them. And, all their videos were turned into playbooks and 
Um, that's what that's what kind of we're focused on right now until you know we get around 150 to 200. Then once we get there, then I'll probably start diving in once my basketball season ends and uh, creating new uh, innovative basketball uh, concepts. It's so cool! I can't wait to see the, the, those new concepts. And it got me thinking about the kind of wrinkles that you can run out of so many of these plays. Like for example, an, an Iverson, the Iverson series, everyone knows about the Iverson cup, but there's obviously so many different wrinkles you could add to, to expand on that, which is what makes it a full playbook. Um, can you detail what can maybe the thought process goes into thinking about how to add wrinkles? Do you look at one maybe action and then say, how can we combine this action with another action? Is it, is it, is it kind of that fusing of actions? Is it more so um, taking an action just and, 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 and changing the position that the action takes place in? What, what would you, what, what do you probably start when you're, when, when looking at something like that? everything you just said is it's kind of through the thought process so it's you know there's sometimes where it's a really cool action and I'm like you know as a coach that would be hard if you, you know we combine the UCLA offense into a misdirection pin down and then you just had an automatic UCLA screener and then you had a pin down screener that you teach to because basically the offense starts you swing it to a wing you come through the UCLA ball screen you the other guard pops, you hit them, and then now that guy that's chasing the guy through the UCLA ball screen has got to turn around and guard a pin down, and it's a wide pin down, so it's a lot of action. It's hard to guard. Um, the only way to really guard it that we found out was switching it, and then if you switch it, it's an automatic post touch. You know, you just catch and throw it down to the post, but we turn that into a continuity offense, and that's just kind of what we do. We see some actions that we like and then turn it into – an overall offense, either whether it's continuity or it could just be an action. Um, I'm big on the horn sets. So right now we have a set that we do and, it, and we kind of turned it into a series where it's a horns flare series to where, you know, you throw it to the, the big pop in, run them off a of flare screen, the guard that through the pass, you can misdirect it instead of pin down on the opposite side, or you can have the guy curl or you can have them curl and pin down. So we basically turned it into a series. And that's that's what I'm always looking for. Like we 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 got a lot of uh, views on our 4-1 zone defense. I just thought it was unique and it's different area where you're guarding because now when a team comes out, they don't know whether to go on front or even front. Uh, most of the time you probably, since you're going against an even front, you are thrown on front to attack it and then there's counters to it. So. It's just one of those things we just want to stay on the up and up, what's trending, why it's working, why it's not, and just be able to come up with uh, cool new offenses or defenses. And, and that's kind of uh, something that I'm always thinking of. So where other coaches are thinking about game planning, I'm thinking of what can be different that can make it work. Our cherry picking system is really, really unique just because people think, oh, you're just cherry picking. But um, there's an article a while back on Vivek uh, Renadive, the Sacramento Kings owner, and he said that the NBA should look into some cherry picking. I know that he was innovative to where he hired a G League coach, uh, Grinnell's uh, Dave Arsenal's son. They had a little success of running that Grinnell system at the G League level. So from that day on, I was always thinking how you could run a cherry picking system. And I thought, you know, you could just match up five on five and just leak out. And a lot of teams do it, like Chino Hills did it. I was blessed about two years ago to have a really good assistant coach and they're really good at trapping. But what they did every day is they played four on five defense and he, and it's a drill that we use here now every day. And it teaches you to be early to have ball pressures, not a zone. And it teaches you to rotate quick and, you know, who's got, you know, who's guarding two people at all times. And it gets you thinking, and we started getting pretty good at it. And I'm like, well, if we just put a cherry picker out and we focus on that and we have a circle blitz drill and, 
we get really good at it, can you change the game? And we've ran it in some games and teams come down on offense too and they don't know really what to do. They're like, we're going against four people. Do we, do we space it? And by the time they figure out what to do, we've had a couple easy transition, easy baskets. So, but yeah, I mean, we're always looking to for, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I just have a passion for seeing what, what differently are people doing, but, but ultimately the game still comes down to being able to play in the quarter quarter. And, you know, we do stress that with our kids. Definitely uh, super important to make sure that there, but there's so many different ways to go about doing this. That's why it's so interesting that people might hear cherry picking. And, and you said it at first, I really wanted to ask you a full question about it. Thank you for going into it because it's, it's so interesting that people might think that it's just, it's some wacky tactic, right? Or something that, that can't really be practiced or game plan against, but playing four and five defense, that makes your, that makes your five and five defense much better if, if for in that half yep. court set. So all those things kind of play and it's great thinking about that. But I want to move into you. You mentioned a little bit at the beginning about um, V reps and their 3D plays, and I thought that was just so cool. I'm thinking about the the way it can help, can help diagram. Maybe it can help people that are more visual learners. That even seeing all those X's and O's or the one, two, three, four, fives on a on a piece of paper doesn't really do it for them. How, how have you seen success in that? And and is it complicated making it 3D? Is it, is it does it take a lot of time, or how does that work? Yeah, it's it's actually really easy where, you know, I'm always a big fast model guy. I've used fast model for, I can't even tell you, 20 years, you know, or however long. And it's pretty good at it where I can drop a play or a playbook pretty fast. And I've always been a big fan. I still am. You know, but then V-Reps, I saw it one time and I'm like, holy cow, you could make a play at 3D and it looks like a video game and kids can learn it. So you know, I reached out to them at the time to try out their product and I just couldn't believe how easy it was to set up. And then you can have a voiceover so I can talk on it and then I can send it to my team and they respond and they can learn plays easier with this app. So I just felt, well, I think it's the next big thing. I really do. I think if reps gets out in enough people, uh, they'll be able to really, I think they'll really be able to take off just because it's so unique and it's, and it's such an easy way to learn the game. You know, kids are already playing video games. You can actually see, you can write the guy's name on there so they can follow themselves. There's just a lot to it and they keep adding to it. I know that they work with some NBA teams to where they do, you know, they use second spectrum where they're using the data visualization. And they can grab that information and just make a playbook out of it. So it's like, it's really state of the art, like new technology where I, I think every coach should just get a, get a file and, and the cool thing is too is it's free for coaches to draw plays up send them to their to their team and it's really easy so you go on your laptop and that's how you draw it and then you open it on your phone and that's when it's 3d so it's really cool and you can send it on to your players it's easy to uh, copy and paste and send it out but the other feature the one that costs a little bit of money what's completely worth it is you can have your team sign up and then you can send your plays to your team. So you'll have like a virtual playbook and there's quizzes to where kids are taking quizzes. So they're, you know, they know exactly what you're running. And it's probably the best way to get kids to really learn and memorize the, you know, your playbook. Fantastic. When I first started and I was 18 coaching, I thought I was super cool because I had fast draw on the iPad and I would take it out and, 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 and draw plays up in it. But this seems really innovative. And I try, I always try to keep it fresh every year. So this is definitely something I'm going to look at um, when we get off the call to make sure that I'm, I'm staying as current as possible and can always, always have something fresh. So that's really cool thinking about um, using just all these new technologies to, to really make picking up X's nose even easier. I'm curious too, like, cause it, it, it's become so 
the, the game has become so widespread and all these coaches are, are learning from each other. High school coaching has, has improved by so much over the last few years. And everyone kind of thinks mistakenly that it goes high school coach, it, it kind of the way it would go for players, right? High school players, college players, NBA players. But for coaching, there's some really good high school coaches that are better than some really than, than some NBA coaches. Um, people kind of forget that. Can you kind of speak on just how much the game is growing at these lower levels and how um, how, how good a lot of so many of these high school coaches are, college coaches, because everyone kind of maybe forgets that and thinks it's a linear progression when in reality it's not. Sure. Well, I think, you know, to give high school coaches credit, I mean, every year that you don't know who you're going to have, you could lose a five seniors and you got to start from scratch. A lot of times high school coaches will keep their same defense and just keep building each year, but offensively, depending on the talent though some switches and changes just to give you a chance, you know, give you the best chances of scoring and and being better on offense. But I think high school, there's some high school coaches that are excellent. I mean, there's, there's a lot of them and it's just, you're learning so much different styles. You're seeing more zone college coach, but you know, NBA coaches are terrific. You can learn a lot from them, especially, you know, sets and development. And then the college levels kind of, you know, you have your high-end coaches that you can steal stuff from and they're willing to share. And But yeah, I mean, don't sleep on a, on a good high school coach. I mean, them guys are really studying it and you see it's cool as our basketball community, everyone's trying to learn and everyone helps each other out, which you don't get that in all other sports. And it's cool as when you go to a coaching clinic and you see all these high school coaches that are trying to better themselves and better their teams. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there's great coaches at every level. And I mean, there's some high school coaches that are as good as any college and pro coach out there. Super point that the people will start realizing that because there is such a, a wealth of knowledge at, at every single level. I'm curious, though, we did mention the NBA. Maybe most listeners maybe know a lot of those coaches or those teams. Um, which, which coaches in the NBA do you think maybe run um, some really nice sets that you really like, enjoy watching day in and day out and always find something new out of them? Um, I've always been a big Brad Stevens guy. You know, of course, Popovich back in the day. I mean, we used to steal a lot of his stuff. Uh, Steve Kerr when he was with Golden State, or he still is, but I mean, back in their, their winning times. But right now, I'm huge on Quinn Snyder from Utah. You know, Spolster runs good stuff. Doc Rivers does. Nick Nurse. Oh, Rick Carlisle from Dallas. I mean, there's some great ones. But right now, I'm big on uh, Quinn Snyder from Utah, just running different actions. And uh, a lot of the Euro coaches do some good stuff, too. I can't say his name very good, but I've doubted. Donovich or however you say it, Abravich or however you say it, but that guy's amazing. Dove deep into a lot of his stuff. You know, Ryan Pannon, the G League coach, he's always putting out playbooks and and plays, and a lot of it's on European coaches, and they just, they run good action. Oh, no, definitely. And it's, it's very, so important to maybe to learn from coaches like that and their, their tape is all over the internet. So it's, it's definitely a great resource. Just to close off, I'm kind of curious when you, you mentioned at the beginning, um, your team now, the West Michigan Aviation Academy and how you guys are 11 and four going to the playoffs, looking up, make a run. How, how is COVID? Because what you just said, your record, you guys have played 15 games. That's incredible. Um, we here in New York haven't even, have, don't even have a chance at a season. So I'm curious to, to know about how that's going for you guys, how the season went and what the kind of protocol has been. So the season started off, they kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And then all of a sudden it was February and I'm like, ah, I doubt we're going to have a season. It basically gave us six weeks and we we're like, you know, we'll just play three games a week. That's the maximum you can play. Had 17, 18 games scheduled and some teams due to COVID had to cancel some games and um, reschedule some games. But right now what we're trying to do is uh, just finish up the season. Some teams are even in our area are starting to quarantine just so there's no 
um, not play in the districts and, and make a tournament run. But right now, yeah, 11 and four, we're playing really good basketball. Two of our losses, we kind of got our butts kicked, but two of them were against really good opponents. We played them right down to the wire. And I think right now we've won seven in a row and just playing really good basketball. So we're kind of anxious to see see the run that we can make, but we have a, a very tough challenge. In our district, we have three of the top teams in the area. So we'll kind of see see if we're ready for them. Tonight, we have a big challenge. Uh, we had a game get canceled due to COVID, one of our conference teams, and we ended up finding an opponent that's pretty dang good for us, those Eastern in our area. And they're able to help us out to come here, you know, to finish up because we have our senior night. So then after tonight, we have one more conference game tomorrow and we're right into district. So uh, hopefully we have a good chance. Um, but again, we have a really tough schedule. So we'll see where we're at. Best of luck to your seniors. And, and, and it's great to think about how you were able to have a sort of season and, 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 there, and there, there will be playoffs. Things will happen. I'm wishing the best of luck that, there, that everything's able to go as planned. And coach, thank you so much for coming on the show and kind of sharing all this X's and O's knowledge, um, all these play diagram secrets that I'm going to go and listen to the show over again. So I make sure I'm, I'm doing things right when I'm, when I'm diagramming these plays, but really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all that insight. Oh, thanks again, John. Thanks for having me on and I wish you the best of luck. Let's stay in touch. Thanks for listening to Gen Z Hoops. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all major social media platforms at Gen Z Hoops. You can tune in and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every other podcast platform on the planet. Get ready for the next episode.